morning. And it's a privilege to be with you this morning. And um, like Pastor said, they were with us a few years ago, a few of them well enough, and some I recognize. And um, it's, it's just a privilege to be with you this morning. And so we are here, my brother and I, uh, just to give, you know, Daddy a little surprise uh, since he fell back home. It had been you know, a real challenging time, you know, for him and for the family in the passing of our sister, his daughter, and then uh, coming down home for the funeral and couldn't even get to attend the funeral uh, because he fell on the day of the funeral. And since then, he's been in the hospital, but God is good. Uh, God is on the throne, and the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. So we are thankful that he's alive. He could have been dead. Uh, this morning, I want to be a blessing uh, to you from the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 10. I'm going to begin there, and I'm going to look at a few other scriptures. After we read that, uh, we're going to pray. I'm going to give you the, the, the title of the message and I trust this morning that it would be a blessing to you. And if you're here and you're not saved, you would see the need to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Matthew chapter 10, let's begin from verse number 1. Uh, the Bible says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Libius whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth, commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the way of the city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now this one I want to share with you on the title, Going to Hell from the Church House. There are a lot of people that sits in a Baptist church like this, that's going to die and spend eternity in a lake of fire. But I trust this morning that there would be none here to whom such will happen. And so let's just look to the Lord in prayer and I'd share with you from the word of God. We're going to go to the gospel of St. Matthew chapter 26, if you please, after that. Oh gracious God and eternal Father, we are humbled to be in your presence this morning. Uh, Lord, we are mindful of the very fact that it is in you we live. And move and have our being. And Lord, as we stand behind the sacred desk to declare, Thus saith the Lord, we need the power of the Spirit of God. For all would be vain except the Spirit of God comes down and, uh, Lord, move in our midst. And so we pray, God, that you would move as only you can. You would speak. And Lord, you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that would be receptive to your word. And a will that would be obedient to do, Thus saith the Lord. Lord, if there is any in our midst today that do not know you, might have a form of godliness, yet denies your power. They would recognize the need to know you and to live for you before death strikes or time changes into eternity. We'd be mindful and careful to give you all the praise, the glory, 
and the honor for it is in Christ's name we pray and ask these things and we say amen and amen. In 1987, as a 12-year-old boy, there was a 10th crusade in our village. And, um, you know, as a little boy growing up, we grew up in a village that had no electricity when I was growing up as a little boy. So our time was uh, consumed in playing cricket, playing soccer, going into the river and fish uh, for crayfish and so on. And um, in 1987, when they set up that tent, an American missionary, John O'Malley, along with Pastor Milton Williams, a local missionary, uh, started that little work there. And, you know, as a little boy, then I went to uh, the meetings. And often, you know, my dad was out at the time. Um, I think he was in Trinidad. Uh, and uh, Miss Jackie was there. And so I would ask her to go to the meetings. And I would leave like I'm going to the meetings and I'm going to go over by a family friend. And uh, very few persons in those times had VHS cassette players. You know those VHS cassette players. And they would get like movies from the US like The A-Team and Knight Rider and MacGyver and this stuff. And I would go there and I would look at those stuff and just about the time when the meeting is about to be over, I would go back home as if I went to the meeting. Now one of my friends, uh, you know, made a, a decision to live for the Lord. We're best friends. And he encouraged me. He said, man, you need to give your life to Christ. And so I went forward and I made a profession of faith. And from 1987 to 1989, I attended the Mama Ken Independent Baptist Church. But while going there, even in converts class, getting ready to be baptized, I was still lost. I was still lost. But over and over I would hear the gospel and there was serious doubt when Pastor Lambert asked if I was ready to be baptized. Guess what, you know, a, a typical young boy would say, yes sir. And so I knew the scriptures, I knew the Roman road, I knew. But I knew deep within my heart that there was an emptiness, there was a longing that needed to be satisfied. And so because of that, I went back home that Sunday evening and uh, into my room with tears coming down my eyes. I said, Lord, I know I have prayed and, and asked you to forgive me and come into my heart, but I still feel empty. And so I went to the Roman's road myself. Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to, through 13. And you know what? With tears coming out of my eyes, I said, Lord, I do not want to die and spend eternity in a lake of fire. I repented of my sins as the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me and to come into my heart and save me. And he did. September 1989. A few Years ago, I was driving uh, to go to a youth camp, uh, to minister at a youth camp. And one of the young men at the church, uh, you know, went with me. And after the youth camp, a few persons would have made professions of faith. And on our way back out of uh, the north part of the island, he said to me, he said, Preacher, you need to stop the van. I'm ready to do the thing. And I'm wondering what is he talking about because we have not spoken about anything. So I pulled the van on the side of the road and I said, I thought, honestly, I thought he wanted to, you know, do... Number one. I really thought that is what he wanted to do. And he said, Preacher, I grew up in a Christian home. I made a profession of faith. I got baptized at the age of 13. But I'm not saved. I'm not saved. And right at the side of the road, he bowed his head and asked Jesus Christ to forgive him of his sins, come into his heart and save him. Maybe about three years ago, maybe about, uh, you know, six, seven months after, I was preaching... And uh, one of our deacons 
You know, when I gave the invitation, lifted his hands. And I thought for a while, well, maybe he didn't understand what I was saying, so I kind of shoved it off a little bit. But he continued to keep his hand up. And I left it like that, and I said I would deal with him afterwards. After the service, he came to me and he said, Preacher, I need to be saved. We sat there, I say, you know what to do. You preach the word, you know the word, you know what the Bible says. I say, you need to give your life to Christ. Right there behind the altar, he prayed and asked Jesus Christ to save him, and then we baptized him. Now I went to a church in Brandon, Florida, and I was there uh, some years ago, and um, the, the pastor asked me to teach the Sunday school class. I did not know I was going to preach in the morning service, so I taught the Sunday school class, And um, when I thought the Sunday school class, I gave an invitation. The pastor's son and three other young men from the Bahamas lifted their hands for salvation. I asked everybody to leave the room and we stayed and they trusted the Lord. We went out into the main service and the preacher said to me, Brother Reuben, you're going to be preaching in the morning service. And I said, man, what am I going to preach? You know, Dr. Rod Bell said, preaching is teaching set on fire. So I taught my Sunday school sermon. I'm going to preach it now on Sunday morning. Right? And I preached the, the message on Sunday morning. And three more persons that were in the church trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as the Savior. Now I'm saying all of this to say this. That there are people that would sit in a Baptist church like this. That would hear the word of God preached Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night. And would walk away with a form of godliness. And do not know Jesus Christ. So as we read this passage of scripture, the Bible tells us that Jesus called to himself 12 apostles. And he sent them out. He empowered them and he sent them out. The Bible said they cast out demons, they lay hands on the sick and recovered the sick. They shared the gospel. People would have come to the Lord. But in the 12 of them, there was a devil. John chapter 6 and verse number 70, Jesus said, Have not I chosen you 12 and one is a devil. Now I want us to understand at no point in the life of Jesus' ministry, Judas was saved. Now we don't believe that someone could lose their salvation. Because the Bible doesn't teach such. Once you're saved, you're saved for all eternity. So Judas at no point was saved. He just went with the flow. Wherever the Lord went, he was there. Whatever the Lord commanded, he was doing. As a matter of fact, he was the treasurer in the church. But he did not know the Lord. Now let's just assume this morning that out of every 12 individuals, there is a devil. Or an unsaved person. We can start here and we can come to the first 12 and out of the first 12, there might be one that does not know Jesus Christ. And the next 12, the same can be assumed. And the same can be assumed. And we come over to that side and the same can be assumed. So let's suppose out of every 12, one have not trusted Christ as the Lord and Savior. Maybe this morning we could have at least six or seven persons here that do not know Jesus Christ. Now I want us to understand this this morning, church. Judas, first of all, he was called by the Lord. He was called by the Lord to be an apostle. He was empowered by the Lord. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Now I want us to understand this this morning. Even in the calling of Judas, I ask myself this question. Why will Jesus call a devil to be part of his church? You ever thought about that? 
Now, I don't believe that anybody is predestined to hell. The Bible doesn't teach that. God in His wisdom, God in His providence, God in His foreknowledge knows all things. God knows those that would receive Him as Lord and Savior, and He knows those that would reject Him. But the Bible tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So Judas was not predestined for hell. You say, preacher then, well, who would betray Christ? I don't know who would have, but if Judas had trusted the Lord, it would have had to be somebody else. Because God did not create any human being with the intention that they would burn in hell for all eternity. So Judas was called by the Lord to be one of the twelve apostles and to go out with the gospel and to perform miracles and to do the works of the Lord. But Judas was not saved. Now I'm saying that this morning to say that you might be in this building. You might be part of a great church. You might be involved in the work of God. You might be in the choir. You might be singing. You might be on visitation. But that does not mean you're born again. Now I want you to understand that. So Judas was called by the Lord. And notice what happened. The reality is this. Judas would have done some things while walking this earth as a disciple of the Lord that you and I may never do. So look what the Bible says. If we go back here in chapter 10. Notice what the Bible says here. It says in verse uh, number 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave unto them what? Power. How much did he give power? Eleven? Twelve. Was Judah saved? No. But the Lord gave him power. So he gave all twelve of them power to do what? Against unclean spirits. So Judas would have cast out demons from people that were possessed with demons. Is there anybody inside that ever cast out a demon? So if we're measuring righteousness and holiness, or we're measuring salvation by works, Judas would have done better than us. But the Bible says, uh, it tells us here, uh, you know, in the very same verse, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Judas, I believe, would have prayed and laid his hand on someone and they would have been healed from the palsy. They would have been healed from the dropsy. They would have been healed from cancer. They would have been healed probably from blindness because the Lord had entrusted him with power. But he was lost. I want you to think about what the Bible says in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter number 7. On that day, he said, many will say, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out demons or devils? And in thy name have done many wonderful works? And he would say unto them, depart from me, he that work iniquity. I never knew you. Now, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being in the house of God for 10, 12, 15, 20 years and you stand before the Lord one day and He says, I never knew you. And you say, but Lord, I went to Heritage Baptist Church. I never knew you. But Lord, you know, I was in prayer meeting. Lord, I gave to the poor and needy. I gave to missions. Lord, I sang in the choir. Lord, I gave my tithes and my offering. And He would look at you and say, I never knew you. I want you to think with me. If you, when you stand before the Lord, and the Lord says, I 
never knew you. What would be your response to him? What would you say to him? Have you ever thought about that? Because I believe there are a lot of people that are on the way to hell, that are in the house of God, my friends, and if they were to die right now, if they were to take their last fleeting breath and close their eyes in death, they would spend eternity in hell. Now, I don't know who it is. I don't know who that person might be. But I say this, it is impossible for God, to the person of the Holy Spirit, to be living in an individual and them not know it. Now, when you're not well in your body, you know you're not well. You may not know what it is, but you can say, I just don't feel good. I don't feel well. My stomach feels upset. My head feels light. You know, I'm, there is some ache in my body. You would feel it. You would know it. I'm saying, if the Lord dwells in you, you know it. And if the Lord does not live in you, you know it as well. You may fake it, but I wouldn't cut it. So Judas was called. He was single out. And every one of us in this building this morning, we are called. The Bible says, you know what? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the call comes ringing out the restless way, send the light. Every individual has an invitation to come unto the Lord for salvation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says many are called. The word many used is pastor, which means all. The call is for all. But it is only those that accepts the call, that receives the call, will become part of the family of God and a child of God. So there is an invitation given right now. And there will be an invitation given at the end of the sermon. To come unto the Lord. He says, come unto me. All you that are labored and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Amen. You see, but the only how you would find rest is if you come. The invitation is extended. But you must receive or accept that invitation. So Judas was called just like you are called. But what would you do with the invitation? Now, I want you to go with me in your Bibles to... Matthew chapter 26. So we know Judas was called, but not only the fact that he was called, Judas, we find here, had a choice. So he was with the Lord, and um, he saw the miracles of the Lord. The Lord empowered him as he went out, but he had a choice whether or not he would receive the Lord or reject the Lord. And you two this morning have a choice whether or not you would receive the Lord or whether you would reject the Lord. So in Matthew chapter 26, and uh, we're going to uh, begin reading from verse number 19. The Bible says this, And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. So remember, he called the twelve. He's going to have the Passover, the Last Supper. And for the last time, he's going to have it with his disciples. And he sat there with the twelve. Judas included in the twelve. Now the Bible says this, verse 21. 
And as they did it, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Now, I like to stretch my imagination. So imagine we're in a setting like this. And the Lord is in our midst. And by the way, he's in our midst. And the Lord is in our midst. And the Lord says, listen, one of you will betray me. Now, if you claim to know God and to love God and to want to serve God, it's going to concern you to know that he's asking the question or he's making a statement saying, one of you will betray me. I would not want to be the one to betray him. And I'm certain you would not want to be the one to betray him. So that was of great concern to the disciples. So when Jesus said that, notice what the Bible says in verse number 22. The Bible says, And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? Am I the one that's going to betray you, Lord? Because I don't want to betray you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. Because you are God and you have been good to me. But they're asking, is it I? Now church this morning, salvation is personal. I would never tell an individual they receive. If you profess faith in Christ, you said you are a sinner, you repent of your sins, you receive Christ as your Savior based on the profession of your faith, I accept that and I call you brother or I call you sister. But the reality is, it is only you and God that knows who, if you're really saved. Yeah? It's only you and God that really knows. I, I, I believe because the Bible tells us, it indicates to us, that the disciples, they couldn't even point out who it was. Maybe some of them was thinking, man, I'm, I'm sure it's Peter. He talks so much, he's always in trouble. He says one and he does the other. Maybe it is Peter. But Peter is asking, Lord, is it I? So watch this. Now notice they ask, Lord, is it I? I'm saying, first of all, Judas, like all the others, were called. But also, Judas had a choice. You understand that? This morning you are called unto salvation, but you also have a choice whether or not you're going to receive the gift of God, which is eternal life, or whether or not you're going to say, listen, I'm not now. Not now. I'm not ready yet. Maybe another time, but not today. So notice what the Bible says. And he answered and said, and he's giving them a clue. He answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall be true me. So he gave them a clue. But watch this. Everybody is so focused on himself that whatever clue is given, we would miss it because this is what you call personal examination. Right now, I can't be thinking about this brother or this brother. I am going to search myself. I want to make sure it is not me that's going to be trained. And sometimes, you know what? We could pay attention to everybody and not pay attention to ourselves. So the Bible says, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. And I'm going to come back to that in a while. But then notice what happened in verse number 25. The Bible says, Then Judas which betrayed him answered and said what? 
Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. Thou hast said. But watch this. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. Now, all the other 11 disciples said, Lord, is it I? Judah said, Master, is it I? Jesus is not just a rabbi. Jesus is not just a master in Israel. Jesus is not just a teacher. Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Jesus is the conquering land of the tribe of Judah. He is God incarnate. He is the God man. He is the savior of sinners. He is the God of the universe. So those other 11 said, Lord, Jesus was not just master to them. He was Lord to them. But Judas couldn't call him Lord. Because he was not his Lord and his savior. He called him master. Jesus to Judas was just a teacher. Some years ago, I remember, uh, you know, in Bible college, and, and, and pastor said to us, he said, guys, let me say this to you. When you become a pastor, when you're in the ministry, you will be everybody's preacher, but you will not be everybody's pastor. And he expounded on that, and he explained that. He said, listen to me. You're going to preach to the congregation, like I'm preaching this morning. But when it comes to pastoring, when it comes to shepherding, when it comes to caring for the flock, there are some people that will not allow you to shepherd them. They don't mind coming to church and getting a sermon, but when they have to make serious decisions in their life, they would make, make it without seeking wise counsel. So Judah said, Master, if Jesus is only master to you, you need to get to know him as Savior. You need to get to know him as Lord. Because Master alone would not cut it. So Judas was called. Judas had a choice. But I want you uh, to keep your mark here. And we're, we're going to come back here in a while and close up. But I want you to go with me in, in your Bibles to the Gospel of St. John chapter 13. And that's one of the things of the synoptic Gospels. You always get insights from the Word of God. John chapter 13. Now when they ask who it is, Jesus said, He that dipped, you know, in, in the dish after I would have given it unto him. But notice what the Bible says here in um, verse number 24. Verse 24, it says, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it is or who it should be of whom he spake. So Peter, you know Peter. Peter just wants everything to be made plain for him. Peter is there and Peter said, man, you know what? I don't want to be assuming. If it is me, I want to know it is me. If it is James, I want to know it is James. I don't want my mind to be running through and fro. I want to know it is. So he said, listen, John, you need to ask him who it is. Let him tell us plainly. But notice what the Bible says. The Bible says here, now verse number 23. Verse 22 says, Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. 
Now Peter didn't want to have no doubt. I want clarity. I want to know who it is. So he says in verse number 23, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it is or who it should be of whom he spake. Verse 25. He then, laying on Jesus' breast, said unto him, Lord, who is it? Who is it, Lord? Verse 26. Jesus answered, as it is, he it is to whom I shall give a sup. And when I have dipped it, and when he had begun, and when he had dipped the sup, he gave it to Judas Iscariot. Watch this. The son of, 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 of Simon. And notice what the Bible says here in verse number 27. And after the sup, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, that is Judas, that thou doest, do quickly. You see this? The Bible said after Jesus would have dipped the sup and gave it to Judas, at that moment when he did that, what happened? Satan entered into him. Judas is known by many are called one of the son of perdition. No, Satan at that moment possessed Jesus. Now I believe that all the time, all along this moment, before Satan entered into him, Judas had a choice. He had an opportunity where he could have said, Lord, it is me that have planned to betray you. It is me, Lord, that have conspired with the chief priest to sell you over for 30 pieces of silver. But Lord, I'm changing my mind because I recognize that you are not just master, but you are God and you are Lord and I need your salvation. He could have changed his mind. But you know what? He played the game. And I want to say this this morning. Because if you're in this building today, you might be religious. You might be a member of this church. And you might just give the impression to everyone that you're saved, you're born again. And I know it would be very hard if you're not saved and you're a member of the church, you're baptized. It would be very difficult for you to leave from where you are when the invitation is given for salvation. It would be very difficult uh, for you to leave where you are and walk down this aisle and come and stand here and say, listen, I am not saved. I know I'm not saved. God knows I'm not saved. I don't want to die and go to hell. Today I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. It will be very difficult for you to do that because of pride. You would not want anybody to think that all along you were not saved. But I want you to think with me. Would it make any sense to you if you know you're not saved and you have an opportunity to be saved and you fail to trust the Lord? You live here today and you get run over by a vehicle. You would have missed heaven by that amount. And you would have no one to blame but yourself. One man said it this way. Judas kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. He betrayed the Lord with a kiss and he went to hell. You should and, and, and could care less if someone would think anything about you if you're not saved and you come and you get saved today than for you to stay in your seat and give the impression that you're saved and to die, spend eternity in a lake of fire. So I'm closing up. Judas was called. 
Judas had a choice. But you know what the outcome of his life was? He committed suicide. And I see it this way. To sit in a church where the word of God is preached, a clear presentation of the gospel is given, and to walk out empty, to walk away without receiving Jesus Christ, it is you committing spiritual suicide. It is you saying, I don't want Christ. It is you saying, away with him. It is you saying, give me my pleasure, give me my fun, give me my religion, give me my rituals, but I don't want to be born again. I am not ready to receive Christ. It would be you committing spiritual suicide. Because when he had an opportunity to make it right, he chose otherwise. So notice what the Bible says as we go back to our text. Verse number 24, Matthew 26. The Bible says, Jesus said this, The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been, been born. The same could be said about anybody that is sitting in this building this morning that isn't saved. If you would reject Jesus Christ, Jesus could say, listen, it would have been better for you if you were not born, if you had a stillbirth. It would have been better if you, your mommy had a miscarriage than for you to be born and grow up to be a boy or a girl, a man or a woman with understanding and reject the prince of life. It would have been better. The reality is this. Every human being that traverses this land, this earth, that rejects Jesus Christ, it would have been better if he had not been born. Because you know what? For the child of God to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. For the one that rejects Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, to be absent from this body would be to be in the lake of fire for all eternity. Whether it be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Listen, a million years from now you'd be there. A trillion years from now you'd be there. For all eternity you'd be there screaming and crying, Preacher! Preacher! I remember when you said, Give me a life to Christ. Preacher! But you know what? Then it would be too late. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Amen. Now is the accepted time. Amen. Not tomorrow, not later, not next week, not when you graduate, not when you get married. Today is the day of salvation. Listen my friend, we are only guaranteed today and now. So the Bible says... It would have been better if he had not been born. And you know what? Judas knew it was him. Eh? He knew it was him. He had already plotted with the high priest and with the chief priest to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And he also gave them a sign. He said, him whom I kissed, he it is. So if you're not saved this morning, you know you're not saved. 
And God knows you're not safe. And all you need to do is repent of your sins and receive Christ as your Savior. So Jesus, uh, the Bible tells us Judas was called. Judas had a choice. And notice what the Bible says as we close in chapter 27 from verse 1. The Bible says, And when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Watch this. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned. See the word condemned here is the same word that is used in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him, Jesus, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. So if you have not received Christ right where you are sitting, you are already condemned to hell. So the Bible says when Judas saw that he was condemned, he repented himself. No, that repentance is not a repentance unto salvation. He was just sorrowful that he did what happened and he recognized his faith. And brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. So watch this. He sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Now you think about that. You have been with the Lord. You saw the miracles of the Lord. You saw what he did. Man, Jesus had performed miracles in your presence. He has given to you authority and power to, to perform miracles and to cast out demons. And now you're selling him over. To you, all that Jesus worth is 30 pieces of silver. Now, when Jesus sold him for 30 pieces of silver, he couldn't even buy a candy with the silver. He couldn't even buy a metro card to get from one point to the next. You know what I'm saying? He couldn't even enjoy it. The Bible said he took it and he went back uh, to the, the, the chief priests and the elders and he cast it at their feet and he said, listen, I have betrayed innocent blood. And you know what? They did not even want the money because it was the price of blood. And they used it to buy a, a lot of land for a burying place. So why would you trade your soul for material possession? Why would you trade your soul for pleasure? Why would you trade your soul for fun? When Jesus wants to give you life everlasting. You have an opportunity today to give your life to Jesus Christ. All heads bow, all eyes closed. Nobody looking around. Right where you are. Right where you are. Nobody looking around, all heads bow, all eyes closed. I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you this question. Right where you are sitting, right where you're sitting, I want you to ask you this question. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to be honest with God because God knows your heart. Right where you are, you say, Pritchard, there is no doubt in my mind that if I drop dead right now, I'm going to be in the presence of God. Right where you are. Can I see your hand? You see, there is no, no, no uncertainty in my mind. Praise the Lord for those. I can see that. We appreciate that. You put it down. 
But you're in this building and you are honest with me. You are honest with yourself. You're honest with the Lord because the Lord knows your heart. He sees your heart. And you say, Prashant, I'd be honest. I listen to the message. And I'd be honest with you. If I were to die now or today, I cannot say with any degree of assurance that I know for sure that I'm going to be in the presence of God. But I do not want to die and spend eternity in a lake of fire like Judas did. I would like to give my life to Christ and live for him. Right where you are, nobody looking around, would you slip your hand up? Would you say, would you pray for me? I see that hand. Is there somebody else? You say, I do not want to die and spend eternity in a lake of fire. I would like to give my life to Christ and live for him. Preacher, would you pray for me as you close? Is there anybody else? Is there somebody? I don't know. And I'm not going to prolong the service. I'm going to pray. I'm going to turn you over to pastor. But I trust nobody would be like Judas. Nobody would be religious and yet lost and, and sit under the word of God and then walk out without knowing him as your Lord and Savior. Father, the Bible says the entrance of your word gives light and it giveth understanding to the simple. Lord, if there is any in our midst today that do not know you, Lord, we know their hearts might be gripped with fear. And the Bible says the fearful and the unbelieving and uh, the abominable and the homongous and all of these will have their part to play in the lake of fire, which is the second death. But we pray, God, that you'd increase their faith if there is any that is not saved and they would recognize the need to trust you as Lord and Savior and know you whom to know is life everlasting. And we'd be mindful and careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. For it is in Christ's name we pray and for his sake and we say, Amen. I live this year, Pastor. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. What a solemn, powerful message for us to ponder. Jesus is Lord. He did all that needs to be done for you to be saved. Don't be like Judas, however, who kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. He betrayed Jesus for just those useless pieces of pleasure that ultimately did nothing for Him but bring guilt. I'm going to ask Pastor Oscar, could you just stand right here in front? If there's anyone who needs to, with our heads bowed, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. Because he did say it might be difficult for someone who's a church member to be saved. But that's the invitation right now. Maybe you're a member of Heritage Baptist Church, but you know in your heart that you're lost. Jesus gave the test. The one who dips the sop with me is the one who betrayed me. And Judas still did it. He chose to do it. What's your choice? You know in your heart whether you've been saved or whether you're not saved. And if you're not saved, step out of your seat right now. Please, I beg you if you're not saved. The chance is we have church members who are not saved. If there was one out of twelve of the apostles not saved, I don't know if, as the brother said, we don't know for sure if that's the ratio of everything. 
But the chances in a room like this, there's somebody who's not saved and you know it. Will you sit in church today and die and go to hell? How many would say, Pastor, I'm saved. Praise God, I'm born again. And I have friends who need to be saved. Let's care about them. Let's invite them to the house of God, even next week for our revival meeting. How many would say, Pastor Matt, I'm going to pray and I'm going to do my best by the grace of God. I'm not asking you to make a vow that you're going to ask somebody. I'm saying you're going to pray and you're going to ask God and you're going to do your best to, to call somebody, to text somebody, to email somebody. Say, please, would you come to church and hear the Word of God sometime during our revival meeting? How many would say, Pastor Matt, I'm going to do that by the grace of God with God's help. I'll do my best. Just put your hand up. Oh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Help us all to care. Hell is a real place. As real as heaven is, Lord, hell is real. And You told us about it. And there are going to be rich people who thought they were going to heaven who were in hell. There are going to be religious people who thought they were going to go to heaven. Who even did miracles in Your name and they're going to go to hell because they were never saved. Lord, thank You that You've warned us and You've told us to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. So it is good for us to be here today to self-examine. Make sure we're Your child. Make sure we're born again. So thank You, Lord. We do pray for our church. I pray for the flock of heritage, Lord. Even as You have called me as this under-shepherd, You're the great shepherd of the sheep, but a pastor is a shepherd. And Lord, help the sheep under the care of me to truly know You as their chief, good, and great shepherd of their soul. So thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen.